You're listening to the Pain Matters Podcast, presented by the American Academy of Pain Medicine, the nation's leading podcast for healthcare providers, focused on providing the best care today, tomorrow, and beyond. Each episode, we'll share the latest innovations and practical applications that directly impact how we care for patients and measure success in multidisciplinary care. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Dr. Shravni Durbakala, and this is the Pain Matters Podcast. We're here today with Dr. John Michaels, former pro NFL player turned interventional pain physician. He played on the Green Bay Packers, winning Super Bowl 31 in 1996. John, tell us your story. So I grew up in San Diego and football became a pretty early passion of mine. And and I played in high school and, and got recruited to play out of high school and decided to go to the University of Southern California and play football for the Trojans. Um, I had a really successful career there, culminating in my senior year, winning the Rose Bowl. And I became a first round draft choice for the Green Bay Packers in 1996. We, I went on to be a starter for the Packers in 1996 at left offensive tackle. Uh, for those of you not familiar with football, uh, my job was to protect the quarterback and open up holes for the running back so that we could score touchdowns, score lots of points. Um, I was hitting someone on every single play. And, um, and it was a very physical aspect of the game. Um, we won the Super Bowl in 1996. We beat the New England Patriots in Super Bowl 31. Um, I was named first team NFL all-rookie team, and I was the Green Bay Packers rookie of the year that year. Um, went on to be a starter in my second year for the first five games until I injured my right knee and tore my MCL. Had to sit out the rest of that season. And then in my third NFL training camp, completely blew out my right knee, had an ACL, MCL, lateral meniscus, um, and took a quarter-sized divot off of the trochlea, my femur, right underneath my kneecap, and that's what ended my NFL career. Um, I was briefly traded in my fourth year uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles, but my knee, I couldn't run on it anymore, and so after a few weeks, the Eagles released me injured, and that was my NFL career, and that was what inspired me to go into medicine. Uh, my whole dream was to be like Tom Brady. I wanted to play 20 years in the National Football League. I wanted to be one of the all-time great NFL football players. And this injury ended my career right as it was getting started. And I said, you know what? If I could keep that from happening to someone else, that would make this all worthwhile. And that's what inspired me to go into medicine. I was not pre-med. I was actually a religious studies major as an undergrad. Uh, So I had to go back and take all my my pre-med prerequisites and then take the MCAT and apply to medical school and ended up going to USC for medical school. And then uh, did a residency in interventional radiology at Baylor College of Medicine and decided to do an interventional pain fellowship at the University of California in Irvine. And now I'm a full-time practicing interventional pain management physician. John, that is just such an incredible and inspiring story. And you have such a wealth of experiences to share with us. We're so grateful to have you here today. Well, thank you for having me on. Tell us what made you want to become a pain physician. So I was doing um, some research when I was a medical student and decided to do research in interventional radiology. And learning more about interventional radiology, I got to see how they were able to do these minimally invasive procedures to to treat disease states that at one point in time were only 
capable of being done through surgical means. You know, you'd have to crack a person's chest open or crack their abdomen open to cauterize bleeders or coil off aneurysms. And all of a sudden they could take a catheter through the groin and, and do these minimally invasive procedures where, as opposed to before patients would have to be in the ICU for a week afterwards. And these patients are going home the same day. And, and so using minimally invasive techniques to treat injuries is what really inspired me to say, gosh, could we do that for orthopedic injuries? Can we do that for pain conditions uh, where patients don't need to have these massive surgeries? And I was someone who had had eight surgeries in my lifetime dealing with various injuries, always having to go under the knife and having things opened up and scraped apart and re-put back together. And I said, gosh, if we could avoid opening these things up and actually treat pain at its source, wouldn't that be a phenomenal way to keep people living out their best lives? Yeah. I mean, that is a really fascinating perspective and having lived through so many surgeries yourself, I'm sure you dealt with lots of acute pain and it sounds like you were fortunate enough to avoid the transition from acute to chronic pain, but obviously not every football player or professional athlete is going to be that lucky. So what do you think is the prevalence uh, or incidence even of chronic pain amongst NFL players? While I don't know the exact statistic of that, I know it's very high especially with people who have a longer career than I had, people who, who have played 10 or 12 years, who've suffered multiple injuries, and then plus just the repetitive grind on the body. So, uh, you know, osteoarthritic states that take place just because of repetitive um, tra trauma to knees and shoulders and elbows. Um, I think the prevalence has got to be in the high 70 to 80% range, especially as people have had longer careers. Wow. And I would say it's probably even safe to say that a lot of these players spend the season with acute superimposed on chronic pain. And let's talk a little bit about the differences in managing acute versus chronic pain in athletes. How does that differ from the typical pain patient that we see in clinic? Well, in clinic, when we're seeing patients, a lot of times our goal is to get them back to full health before they start, you know, resuming full activity levels. So, you know, taking a lot of rest, going through extensive physical therapy, avoiding certain activities that could exacerbate their pain, that becomes a big goal in what we, we strive to have our patients in the normal clinics uh, setting strive to achieve. But on the football field or in normal professional sports, that's not an option. You're trying to get the athlete back onto the field as soon as possible. And even though they may have an injury that could be fairly significant, um, if you're able to manage the pain and they can play through it and perform throughout the rest of the season and then deal with the repercussions of that in the off season, that's really the goal uh, of the physician and the team trainers, uh, because you're paying this athlete a lot of money. And there's a lot of people who are relying on that athlete to be out there performing week in and week out. So the treatment for the two is entirely different. And, and, the, and the strategies that you would take um, are entirely different because the goals are different. Yeah, it makes sense. And I'm feeling like that would give me a lot of anxiety. How do you think that anxiety related to that type of pressure might influence the pain that these athletes have? You know, it's challenging because they are under a lot of stress. And like I said, these are many times they're multi-million dollar athletes. Uh, you're playing in front of national television audiences week in and week out. You're dealing with, you know, 50 to 100,000 live fans. And, and so there's a lot of stress on you and, and you need to go out and perform. and and Unfortunately, if you don't perform at the highest level, there's someone waiting to take your job. There's a lot of people who would love to be in your shoes. And so 
you know, I played with one of the toughest guys who's ever played in the National Football League, Brett Favre, and he had a he had a 20 year NFL career as a quarterback. He's in the NFL Hall of Fame, and and Brett got his opportunity to become a starter in the NFL because the guy who was starting in front of him had an injury, and Brett realized. I will never go down with an injury because that could give someone else an opportunity to replace me. And so Brett played through all sorts of injuries uh, throughout his entire career. And that's the mindset of a lot of players is that they cannot afford to be hurt because they'll get replaced very quickly. And there's a lot of stress involved with that. And so you know that you have to do whatever you can to stay on the field and keep performing at the highest level, despite the amount of pain that you're in. Do you feel like that kind of pressure and that, you know, constant state of injury and playing through the injury, so never really fully recovering, leads to central sensitization for some athletes? I do, because they're dealing with this chronic pain that never really gets completely resolved. And like you said, there's acute on chronic injuries. So especially as guys play longer, they have little nagging things from injuries they've had in the past that have never fully resolved. And then you have a new injury and you've got to figure out, how do you cope with this? I remember we had a saying in our training room. Um, if you were ever in there, our head coach would walk in and he'd go, are you hurt or are you injured? Because if you're hurt, you better get your butt back out on the field. If you're injured, then we'll deal with that. And so there's this really fine line between what can I play through and what can I play through? And even though things are always nagging me and always hurting, I think I'm just hurt. I better get out there and play because like I said, your job is on the line week in and week out, and, and they will get rid of you very quickly because there are other people who are just chomping at the bit for their opportunity to play. Speaking of, you know, your job being on the line, sometimes for acute injuries and certainly post-surgical pain, opioids are appropriate. And, you know, do these patients take opioid medications and is there drug testing in the NFL? How does that impact their ability to play? There is drug testing, but it's not for opioids. They're looking for performing uh, performance-enhancing drugs, so things like anabolic steroids um, or illicit drugs, things like cocaine, uh, marijuana. They're looking for those more in the drug test. Opioids is not a part of it, and a lot of these players are taking opioids, and, and many players that I have known throughout the years actually became opioid-dependent or even addicted to opioids because of their trying to manage their pain throughout the course of a long season. Um, and, and that's been a struggle that the NFL has seen with a lot of players where they're ending up having to go to rehab to overcome these opioid addictions because that's what they were using to manage their pain and be able to function on a day in and day out basis. We know that young men are particularly prone to that kind of a thing, to opioid overdose and uh, addiction. So let's talk about commonly used non-narcotic methods of pain treatments for players. What are the team docs prescribing and what's the gold standard? Um, I don't know if there's necessarily a gold standard, but one of the drugs of choice that they were using a lot was Tordal. And, and I think a lot of times when you see a player go off with an injury, they go into the tent, they're getting a Tordal injection to be able to get back out on the field pretty quickly and just cope with the pain from the injury that they're having. And uh, so that's been one of the drugs of choice uh, as far as trying to manage the pain that players are having. I think as often as they can, they try to use non-narcotic um, you know, things, anti oral anti-inflammatories and you know, Tylenol in the best that they can. But oftentimes those medications just 
aren't strong enough to deal with the severe pain that these guys are playing through. What about, you know, the new CDC guidelines, the 2022 draft guidelines that are out right now for opioid prescribing? They're really pushing a lot of these non-opioid, non-interventional modalities. So acupuncture, massage. Are the players out there getting this stuff? They are. You know, a lot of teams actually hire a chiropractor and hire massage therapists. Um, they will have contracted people who will do acupuncture. So there are a lot of alternative medicine practices. Um, Tom Brady is, you know, well known for having a personal trainer who does a lot of alternative techniques on him to keep him pliable and keep him able to function on a weekend and week out basis using, you know, deep tissue techniques, a lot of stretching techniques. So there are a lot of alternative things that players are using. Diet now is much more prevalent than it was when I played, you know, when I was playing, they're trying to book you up, they'd throw pizza and cheeseburgers at you. And now we understand the importance of a good diet, high protein diets, good nutrition in order to, to reduce inflammation in our system. And again, Tom Brady has been very big proponent of using food as a method to keep his inflammation down and keep his body in tip top shape. So we understand a lot more now than we did, you know, 25, 30 years ago when I was playing. And um, and so there are a lot of different alternative methods that people are turning to to try to reduce inflammation, to keep their bodies more pliable, more limber, more limber and uh, and minimize the risk of injury and minimize the pain they're in. Give me your thoughts on medical marijuana for the treatment of pain in these athletes. I mean, NFL players are constantly hitting their head. They're having concussions. And then medical marijuana, while it might help for pain in certain states, it can also cause some cognitive issues, especially in young males. So what do you think about that? Well, currently it's illegal from a federal standpoint and also the NFL drug test for marijuana is one of the banned substances in the National Football League. So even exploring that at this current moment is not a viable option. Um, And so, you know, I, I think... I think for right now, we, we have to do more research. There's more we need to know about uh, the benefits of medical marijuana for pain. And, um, and hopefully we'll have the ability to do better research that can show whether it's truly efficacious or not. Because like you said, there's a lot of risk and concerns, especially with the head injury and cognitive defects that players are facing that definitely needs to be taken into account when considering that for NFL players. Do you think that the athletes would appreciate pain education? Is that something that they want? I do. I think they're trying to figure out any way they can have a competitive advantage. And so if you can get athletes who can figure out ways to better manage their pain, that's going to help them perform at a more optimal level week in and week out, they are going to be open to that. Because like I said, it's such a competitive game. There's so much pressure and so much stress that anything that can give you a competitive advantage over your opponent, they're going to eat that up. And so I think it would be a very critical and important factor that if we could introduce that to um, help educate more and more players and how to better manage their pain, they're going to, they're going to want to be a part of that. Now I have two friends that are team doctors and they're both orthopedic surgeons and I love them dearly, but I'm not sure that they have the training that pain physicians have. And so are there pain physicians that are on the field or accessible and how accessible are they to these players? Yeah, there's not pain physicians. Typically, they are all orthopedic surgeons or neurosurgeons who are involved with the team. And then they also have, you know, a primary care doctor who helps take care of the, you know, ins and outs of their daily sniffles and sore throats. Um, But no, there's no interventional pain physicians. It's, you know, they would only get involved if the orthopedic surgeon deemed that necessary. Got it. And so what kind of opportunities would you say there are for innovation 
in the current state, the current evaluation and treatment of pain for these athletes? Well, I think finding definitely a alternative to opioids for these players, because again, there's been that struggle of opioid addiction or opioid dependence in order to get through um, a, a long season and dealing with a lot of pain. I, you know, I think if we can find minimally invasive techniques that can really help minimize uh, pain from acute injuries and help them perform at a more optimal level, that's an ideal situation for these athletes. And, um, you know, anything that we can do from a minimally invasive and non-addictive safe um, safe method of treatment, uh, that's going to be what's essential for, for these guys, because, you know, what we're looking out for is not only their short-term well-being, but their long-term well-being. Now that you're out of the NFL and practicing pain medicine, if you could go back in time and tell your younger self something or your teammates something about pain, what would it be? You know, I would probably talk to them about what we know about diet and taking better care of their bodies from a nutritional standpoint. Um, you know, I think part of it is is realizing that, you know, when you're 21, 22, 23 years old, you feel like you're, you're indestructible. And, and I think making sure that they're doing their physical therapy exercises, that they are in constantly rehabbing these injuries. Um, you know, we do a lot of bulk and muscle training. And, and I know even the way that they're weightlifting now and training has changed a lot. I think even the games evolved a lot as far as how much contact we were doing versus how much contact they're doing now. I think they realize the repetitive stress is, is leading to some of these injuries that are ending careers. And, and I think the NFL has done a good job of taking a lot of steps up to this point. I think they've listened to athletes like me up to this point who, who recognize that, wow, you know, being in full pads twice a day, every day for six weeks, probably not the best way to uh, promote longevity in this game. And so they've really started to reduce the number of full pad practices that they're having, allowing longer recovery times between the significant impacts that they're having. Many teams early on in the season are getting rid of the pads altogether during practice and not practicing in pads anymore um, and just saving that impact for the game. So, you know, I, I think going back and talking to myself would just be like, you have to really train as hard as you can in the off season to help prevent these injuries. Um, and then during the season, make sure you're doing everything that you can in between to optimize your nutrition, to continue to work on your off days, um, to make sure you're taking care of your body and, and giving yourself every opportunity to recover day in and day out. Well, thanks so much, Dr. Michaels. This was amazing, by the way. I mean, one of the most interesting podcasts we've had to date. So thank you for being with us today. And thanks to the AAPM for hosting this podcast. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Pain Matters podcast. If you have any questions about the content that we covered today, or if you'd just like to continue the conversation, please tweet us at Men. That's A-M-E-R-A-C-A-D-P-A-I-N-M-E-D with the hashtag PainPod. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on your podcast player to help us reach and educate even more of our peers in pain medicine. Until next time, I'm Dr. Shravni Dabrakala, and this is the Pain Matters Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Pain Matters Podcast. If there's anything we mentioned in today's show you missed, don't worry. We take the notes for you at painmed.org slash podcast. If you're not already a subscriber, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss a future episode. 
And don't forget to leave us a rating and review to help us reach and educate even more of our peers in pain medicine.